Welcome to the ADHD Open Space Podcast. My name is Gray Miller, and I will be your host and facilitator as we explore ideas, workarounds, accommodations, and other aspects of being a professional adult with ADHD. Most of this will come from my perspective as a cis white male in his mid-50s, living in the Midwest, who found out a year ago that I've been living with ADHD my entire life. I am not an expert on ADHD, except maybe in not knowing I've had it for half a century and somehow still getting by. But I promise to cite my sources, or at least admit when I'm repeating something I read on the interwebs. If I say anything you don't agree with, you are welcome to call me on it and let me know. This podcast is also part of the lead-up into the first ADHD open space happening in Madison, Wisconsin, on January 20th, 2024. You can learn more about that event both here in the show and at the website ADHDopen.space. The first 30 episodes of this podcast are also being released as part of National Podcast Post Month, not Pod Pomo. That means things might get a little rough, but it's going to be fun. Kind of like ADHD, right? Enjoy the show. Welcome to the third interview segment of the ADHD Open Space Podcast. And uh, I am delighted to be able to say that this is when we go international. We are cutting across time zones going into the future. It is morning where I am, but far off in the afternoon in a uh, a beautiful, magical place called Sweden is my friend uh, Andy Sporing. Uh, hi, Andy. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Gray. I'm pleased to be here, and it will be a joyful moment for me to speak with you from uh, uh, Stockholm, Sweden. Stockholm, Sweden. Yes, uh, <clears throat> and. Um, we we were actually just before the podcast started, kind of speculating on where we first met. It, it we may have become aware of each other during a ship thirty for thirty cohort, um, but we definitely definitely got to know each other better. And I became, I think, first friends, and then I became a fan of your writing when I became aware of your writing, and a, a fan of your music when I became aware of your music. Uh, because yes, he is all those things uh, as part of the creative work hour. Uh, which is its own special, wonderful place uh, that I'll probably talk about in a future podcast. But uh, aside from being, not aside from being a composer, because I, I just know that you make really cool music and I know that you write really interesting things, which is why I wanted to interview you. How else would you introduce yourself to someone? I think I'm a, I, I think I presented myself as a multi, multi, multi-person uh, writer, in the beginning, but now I'm probably have to have to add the composer too because uh, since I started composing again, uh, actually last year in November, one year ago, I started composing again after a, a, a hiatus of thirty years, something I think. Wow. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> the reason was like. Uh, in fact, uh, the connection to to Creative Work Hour and Alessandra White and Devin Dingler, Dingler, because they sent me a, a, an old uh, Mac Air uh, laptop, oh, okay. and I could install the software Sibelius and start composing mm-hmm. again. So uh, everything everything 
connects to each other in some mysterious way with creative work hour and the people there. <laughs> yeah, creative work hour is a is a very uh, a, a hidden power, I think, in some ways. I mean, there's yes, there's a lot going on there. We had, like I said, we'll we'll talk about it later on because we're going to stay we're going to stay super focused on this uh, podcast about ADHD. Um, uh, I will say, folks, if you're already curious about um, Andy's music. Uh, you will have all of the show notes, all of the uh, links to the music and his writing and things like that in the show notes. So uh, you will be able to take a look at it there. And the reason I wanted to interview you in particular, Andy, is you wrote a piece about uh, the everyday carry, EDC, as they yeah. manage. And uh, yeah, and you're holding. I, unfortunately, your background is like there's a, a vague uh, thing. I, yeah, but that's yeah, I can take the takeaway the background. So we, I'll I'll put the pictures from your blog post. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll have a link to that. And yeah. and um, because my my brain does tricksy things to me, and because um, um, and I'm gonna specify this is something that I'm going to say, and if you'd rather I didn't say it, I can I will I will edit it out afterwards. Uh, otherwise I just don't tend to edit things, but I will do that. Uh, after you had had some cognitive difficulties due to a medical procedure, um, yeah. and I, I don't know if it was, if I just associated that with the article, but my brain said, oh, he must have ADHD too. And so I thought that that would be a thing. And, and you were very, uh, gracious in correcting me on that. I don't have ADHD, but I'm familiar with it. <clears throat> And I think it yeah. still applies because your article made me realize that a lot of the issues that I've been having and forgetting things or being somewhere and being like, oh man, I wish I had done this thing would be solved by just carrying those things that I consistently needed with me all the time. And and that's part of the externalizing that executive function. Instead of relying on my brain to remember stuff, I just bring a bag with me. Um but I'm I'm not sure. Was your EDC article written before the medical yeah, procedure? Before, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I will tell you the story about my EDC. It mm -hmm. started uh, uh, ten years ago when I had a heart attack and ended up in hospital. And uh, luckily, I bought my uh, bought my uh, backpack with my my. Uh, iPad and uh, all the uh, paraphernalia <laughs> to to uh, charge my phone or so on uh, with me um, because I was had to stay at the hospital for four days, you know, mm -hmm. due to the heart attack. And uh, that taught me a good lesson. I needed to find a solution that was smaller more lightweight and could contain the things I needed for uh, a stay at the hospital. Uh, and that was a good thing because after that experience, I became a frequent flyer basically at the ER because oh, every time I felt something in my chest or if I had a panic attack, I thought I had a new heart attack, you know. So uh, there was a lot of trouble with the ambulances and sometimes uh, I, but I always had that uh, EDC with me, you know, mm -hmm. 
And I always told the, the ambulance per people that I need that bag with me. So that beca- became a, a thing I needed to have close by all, at all times. Uh, you can call it my my uh, comforter or whatever, but uh, the good thing is I have what I need there. I have my right. charger cord, my charger. I have a power bank. I have a writing material. I have pens, you know. Uh, I have uh, even a compass. Compass, <laughs> wow. Yeah, and a small, small binocular. Never know. Wow. Well, okay, yes. now we're in the J. Jason Bourne territory here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, so, uh, um, uh, yeah, it, it has evolved during the years, you know. Um, of course, I have my uh, a supply of my medications also there, because in, in the end, you never know if you end up in a in an emergency room and you need to have your medications ready to take and so on. So I have a, a, a emergency kit on my on medications also. Yeah, that... uh, by the way, by the way, I have Parkinson's if somebody's wondering. Okay. Yeah. And and uh mm. the um the medication specifically was the was the impetus for mine as well. I mean, I did find it annoying if I didn't have a power bank or I didn't have my mm. cords or whatever. But there were a couple of times that I would have thought that I had brought along my uh, pill bottle, my little to-go pill bottle, <clears throat> and I hadn't. Uh, and mm. and I have uh, a few different medications, but the main thing is the you know the I have two separate ADHD doses mm. that I I take. Um, and so that was, that was kind of when I, when I read your article, like I had just, the, the thing I had done before, and this mm-hmm. is where I, I had different bags that I would bring in different places, uh, mm-hmm. depending on where I was going. And I sort of relied on my brain to move the stuff I needed into the bags. If I was going to need, if I was going to be gone overnight, I would do it in the pill bottle. If I was going to mm-hmm. be, oh, I'll be back this afternoon. I won't worry about that. Or. I'm pretty sure my iPad is charged and I didn't bring any charging cables. And then I opened up my iPad and it's got, you know, 15% uh, available. So I finally, when I read your particular thing, I'm like, you know what? This has all been really, really annoying uh, mm-hmm. that, I've, that I've been doing it. And if I just make a single bag that I that I bring, um, that'll do it. And And I'll say EDCs are... It's one of my guilty pleasures, you know. Yeah. I I had resisted the urge to be. Uh, there's a in, in America there is a certain stereotype to um, the person who brings along a whole bunch of gear with them everywhere they go, and I think it, yeah. it stems out of the classic nerd pocket protector with all different pens and things like that. Yeah, uh, and I think it, it has gone on into the you know the person who's the who thinks they're Jason Bourne. Uh, from the born identity and, and, you know, thinks they have to constantly have their passport and everything else with them just in case yeah. they get called off on an international mission, um, which is not very often in, in my particular Midwestern life. Oh. It, not in mine either. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and so you've, I, I'm guessing that you have seen them, some of the other content that's been online about the various, you know, levels of EDC and reviews yeah. and cases and packs. 
Was any of that valuable when you were putting this together, uh, the one, the current incarnation that you have? I remember when I decided to build my own uh, um, EDC, I started to look at various uh, uh, Instagram accounts that was concerning that. Uh, and uh, of course, it was to a degree helpful, but many of those was more outdoorsy, really. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, nice that you can use as a as an accent stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not much call to build a fire in downtown Stockholm. Huh? But yeah, so uh, it wasn't so helpful, really, but. Uh, some of it gave me some ideas, you know, how to uh, build my own EDC, uh, in a sense. So, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, um, I, I found when I, with the methodology as such, if you want to call it that for me kind of involved going back over my time tracking, I had done time tracking for a scheduling, trying to improve my scheduling in the past. And, and so looking up the time tracking uh, made me realize that, uh, you know, here's what a roughly average week is. And I could say, this is where I've needed these particular things. Yeah. Um, and, and that's sort of the, the base thing. And there was also a point where I went, why? and here's where I, it would have been nice if I also had these additional things. And we'll yeah. talk about that kind of stuff later on. So that was how I, I integrated that, um, and you mentioned the, the meds and the trip to the ER, but it seems to me that since you carry this everywhere and you're not constantly going to the ER, what what moderated that to become the things that you want to have with you on a daily basis? Well, uh, as I said, I was a frequent, frequent flyer for a while there, and, uh, and I was also suffering from... Uh, agoraphobia and panic attacks uh, during a long period of time. I got to a point where I was more or less isolated in my apartment. Mm. And every time I needed to go out, it was a fair chance I would end up in the ER because of the panic attacks. So I decided to keep my EDC as intact as possible. and I kept it basically the same until uh, last year, I think, when I took down took the down a notch because I don't needed all the stuff that was in there. Hmm. And I also got a, a larger uh, bag, sling bag, uh, with side pockets, so I can I can have a water bottle in one pocket and uh, an umbrella in the other when I go downtown. You know. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, but I usually carry it when I go downtown or wherever I go, when I go between the tiny house where I am now, that is in the background here, and my apartment in town, you know. So, uh, it's a good thing to always have it around. And even my my wife has uh, taken up the thing with, a, with an EDC in her version, uh, it, yeah, she this... put a, a, a thing bag like me. 
So, so she has her sling bag with her autumn times with all things. I'm hoping it's a different color because otherwise you get the odd yeah. thing where you take the wrong bag and yeah, she has know. she has a white one and I have a, a blue one. So gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, do you and and that makes me curious? Do you have complementary bags, as in like? There are things that you know you need, but she has room in her bag for it, so that's there, and, and vice versa. Like you carry something that would be specifically for her as well. No, no, uh, we we we, we are we we are very much uh, uh, individuals, you know. Yeah. So I I think that actually leads to because what I was just doing is one of the things that I tend to do, uh, which is overcomplicate things. Um, like well. Do, were there I things do. that you you thought you know that I overcomplicate things? Yes, <laughs> really. <laughs> That's true. You do actually. Um, I uh, you don't have to laugh that hard, Andy. Okay. That's just... <laughs> um. Oh yeah. So, mm-hmm. but so are so was there anything that you well you said you simplified it? So what things did you take out? Like what what did you do to simplify that you realized you didn't actually need all the time? I had a really big chunky notebook in it. Hmm. One of the things, and I had so many pens uh, that I didn't use, you know. So uh, now I try to keep it uh, to a very slim notebook and four or five pens. Uh, now there, there, there is somebody listening to that going, "Wait a minute, four or five pens is not." a lot of pens no it isn't <laughs> um, you're to- you're talking to a guy, guy that's so i have i think you could call it a fetish or something but i i love pens and i love notebooks i, I mean i you know the the one of my favorite pens is this one and it's basically two pens in a in one yeah, uh, and my other pen that I use a lot is actually five pens in one because it's got the four inks and a mechanical pencil. In. So, right. <clears throat> oh, show and tell. I was going to show you a pen, but they can't find it right now. Oh. Uh, I think I misplaced it. Uh, well, anyway. Oh. Uh, it's uh, probably in there somewhere. Uh, I can show you another time. I, I'm uh, uh, anyway, it's a pen with uh, 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 water pass, you know, to oh, okay. yeah, built in, and it's also in the end. You unscrew the top of it, mm-hmm. and there you have it. It's a Phillips drive and a beautiful drive. <laughs> yeah, wow. And it's a really good pen. So, hey, I think, I think in, in the U.S. Well, for drivers, it's supposed to be the USB drive. You could have one, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I love. I, I want to see it. I actually had a, a, a pen sort of like that taken away from me at a airport because it looked too much like a weapon to them. Yeah, um, you can't, you can't bring it on the plane for because it, it they will think it's a weapon. You, but, you might uh, unscrew the wing or something, you know, you never yeah. know. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's it's been a very good present. I bought a, 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 maybe 10 of those pounds to give to mm-hmm. friends or family. And my daughter that lives next to me here and her uh, fiancé, they have one of those pounds. And 
she has it in her uh, carry-on uh, when she go, goes to school. When she, she's a teacher. Oh, and he has his in a, a pocket on his shirt when he oh. goes to work. So they uh, they they liked it very much. Yeah. So, I mean, finding the right pit that could be a whole other podcast. I think they're yeah. <laughs> they're we, we, can, we can talk about that. Yeah, for ages. So <laughs> we, we leave that something. No, I, I actually <laughs> found it interesting because you gave me a really good segue there for a second ago when you when you said offhandedly, I'm I'm sure it's in there somewhere, um, because I think it's one of the differences uh, between ADHD and non ADHD, uh, because I have learned the lesson the hard way that if I think it's probably in there, mm -hmm. it probably isn't, you know, it's, it's like Schrodinger's cat. Uh, it can't, it, I, I need to actually observe the thing, um, to make sure that it's actually there. Yeah. And I cannot rely on it because the other thing I can't rely on is that you probably later on will be like, oh, hey, I'll I'll check and make sure that pet is in there. And if it's not, you'll replace it. Um, my brain will take that, hey, you should make sure the pen is in there and sort of file it away in some weird far off shelf in my brain that won't come up when I need it, but will come up when I'm trying to sit down and get ready for a concert or something. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's when I'll remember it or trying to get to sleep at, you know, at night. So I guess it's part of the thing is, do you have a ritual of restocking it or, uh, do you, do you re regularly review it or anything like that? Or. Yeah. Uh, actually I always review it before I go between my home and the little tiny house mm -hmm. because uh, I can have changed something before and, you know. Um, I, it's the, the kind of nervousness of me, uh, that comes around at that point. And I need to have all those important things like the, 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 the power bank and the, uh, extension, longer cable for, to charge my phone. And if I end up in the air, you know, mm -hmm. Because usually the outlets are very far away from where you are in the bed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Lesson large. Yep. I, uh, I, <laughs> I, I definitely hear you on that. And I, I think, uh, one of the related things in this is that I think uh, before I had the EDC really put together, um, mm. with the ADHD thing. I don't think I had realized how much energy I spent worrying about whether or not I'd have everything I needed. Like mm. that, that takes up energy and it takes, uh, it, it takes away from the experience that you're having. Um, did, and you, I think you did mention that, you know, you felt safer when you had it with you because you knew you had what you need. I mean, was that, does that make a, a palpable difference for you in, in yeah. terms of your anxiety or when you're, Reducing panic attacks or things like that. Yeah, actually, uh, 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 since I don't have those panic attacks anymore, oh. uh, I have what what is described as worries, and I get I get ashamed of being worried, and that can be a feedback circle that can mm -hmm. look like panic attacks, and it can be 
really dangerous too. But uh, it's easier to handle because my latest therapist, she told me that I need to talk to the child, Andy. Mm -hmm. And say to him, it's nothing to be worried about. It's okay. Just breathe and take it easy and it will go over. And that has worked very well for me, I must say. But uh, I, my wife sometimes have to remind me now to bring the bag with me when I'm out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. And whilst I, I went out of town and I wonder, where did I put the bag? Where did they put the bag? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that that's that's not useful. No. <laughs> Do you ever? Um, I mean, I personally uh, have yet. I have not found the perfect bag. I, I have kind of a satchel that works, and I honestly feel a little bit called out now because. I do have a really big notebook in there and I do have a bunch of pens in a pen case that I actually rarely use. It's a, it's sort of aspirational. Um, yeah. And, and I think maybe that's, there's a, a line between I want this here because I, I would like to do more sketching or whatever. Yeah. And, and the magical thinking of, well, if I have this here, I will be sitting, I'll be one of those people sitting on the sidewalk doing urban sketching and yeah. look all, you know, um, I don't know what the word is, look all hipster and genteel and all these things, you know? Yeah. Uh, so do you also, do you ever run into people that sort of look at you like, why is this guy carrying a large bag everywhere? Yeah. Uh, well, not so much in in uh, in Stockholm. There, okay. There's a lot of people that have sling bags, you know, guys that have sling bags, uh, more or less packed. Yeah, mm. somebody some have uh, sling bags that are very thin, uh, so you can guess it's probably just for the cell phone or something like that. But there are people that have chunkier bags like me. And uh, no, it's not something people look uh, at you, especially for. Um, on the other hand, when I come out to the countryside here, people can uh, peek a little bit on you because you have. <laughs> <laughs> but uh -huh. it's not. It's nothing uh, to uh, that I feel very intimidated by, really. Well, it's nice. Because I, I'm, I, I stand for what I'm doing and I, what I'm carrying around. So, that's. I mean, you know, you know what you need, and it works. Yeah, and it has a purpose, right? Yeah. Now, I was going to say you, you mentioned the binoculars and the, <clears throat> the compass. Is there anything else? I, I think when people picture EDCs, they think of you know certainly medications, power bank cords, a yeah. notebook. Um, a, uh, a a notebook and pens. What you know, maybe handkerchief or something like that. What is there anything in there that that you're like, yeah, this is the thing that they wouldn't expect to find. You know, this is the thing that that I realized was there, should be there, and not many people realize this. No, uh, no, no, I don't think so. Um, uh, I have a USB drive there. Uh, that mm -hmm. I rarely use, but it's it's with me if I need 
to back up something uh, when I'm staying over at the friends or something like that. Uh, and uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I remember I was carrying a Swiss, Swiss uh, army knife in it, mm -hmm. uh, but you're not allowed to carry that around in Sweden. Well, no, anymore. It's a, it's a crime to carry a knife. So I don't I have to tuck it away, you know. Well, it's, you just saved Sweden from having a whole bunch of uh, Americans, especially American men, move there because. Boy, do they, they, I can't say they, I confess, I like knives too. In fact, I reached out and I have one sitting here on my desk that yeah. is part of my everyday carry. Um, uh, but I, I'm, I'm not going to, I, I'm definitely not going to critique, <laughs> I'm an American. I'm not going to critique any weapons legislation anywhere because no. we do not do a good job with that ourselves. Um, Ah, you have you have the on your desk too. <laughs> yep. Uh an old Victorinox. Yep. Um the the last question that I had on here was uh are there any things that you you know are sort of saving up for or trying because you and I I'm sure you and I both know that there are you can spend a, a whole lot of money on Fancy bags and you know slimmer notebooks or things mm -hmm. like that. Uh, my my personal thing is I am trying to slim down my notebooks, so I've started making notebooks out of oh. uh, junk journals and recycled things. So, um, so this is like a recycled coffee bag uh, yeah. that I made into a notebook. Anything in particular that you have uh, hopes to improve your EDC? Well, uh, uh, this is my latest uh, notebook for the oh, okay. EDC. I bought it uh, before I went here, so I haven't applied it yet, but it's going to be the new one in my agency. Mm -hmm. uh, well, uh, not really. I think I have the, what I need now. The latest uh, uh, addition to my EDC is a, a USB connector with uh, that you can uh, uh, connect three different uh, things to um, see I'm here. Uh, it looks like this. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Go to oh, that. Gotcha. Yeah. And you have one on top. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And yeah. then so you one one device or one one plug and yeah three different devices. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. if if I if I need to to uh, uh, Sometimes I bring my Kindle in the EDC too, mm -hmm. uh, just the Kindle, not the, the cover or anything, just the Kindle. Uh, sometimes you need to uh, charge things together at the same time, like the watch, for instance, right. and the phone and the Kindle. And then I, I can do that when I have this little plug with me. Uh, it's a silly thing that doesn't cost a lot. I think it's two dollars or something like that. But it's it's really good. So and I tried it here on the computer too, uh, and I touch a, a time machine a hard drive uh, and uh, charge my mobile phone at the same time. Worked perfectly. Nice. So yeah. Well, 
But uh, honestly, to to go back to the EDC necessity for me has since 10 years back been a lifesaver in many cases, honestly. Wow. Yeah, because I've I always felt much more secure when I bring it with me. So yeah, uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, general quality of life improvement. I, yeah, I I feel that too. Uh, I feel like the 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 downfall for me. I think the the change that I'm still working through is getting past the idea that I have to be able to do anything. Mm. Uh, I, I have different folding devices and things in there that basically I can set up my own little mobile office anywhere and do mm. my work. Um, and I think that might be a little more than is necessary. You know, I, mm. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be able to work at all times because there are times you should not be working. Yeah. Uh, and that's a difficult thing to get, to get past. Uh, but yeah, definitely that, that just the quality of life. And if you, if you're not worried about forgetting things, then your brain is free to do something else like, Hey, enjoy, you know, enjoy things, enjoy the things you're doing or yeah, yeah. create things, create, you know, music or things like that. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, both of you and me are suffering from the creative brain. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Suffering from the creative brain. <laughs> Oh, that, well. that puts all those creativity courses into a different context. Yeah. You want to be more creative? They're actually asking, hey, do you want to be more suffering, have more suffering in your life? You know, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. I, I said that, that in the, making a little comic remark because, uh, of course, we don't suffer per se. We, we enjoy our creative journey, uh, our artistic way. But in the same time, it's very troubling uh, that your brain is always in yes. progress. Yeah. It's yes. always working on something. Like now I'm working on a piece for Creative Work Hour, a uh, flow music piece. Uh, I'm getting closer to this finish of it. Uh, it's really uh, taking a lot of time for me to finish it because when I came to minute 19 of it and I wanted to be 25 it kind of halted because it it didn't progress as I wanted and I have to uh, redo it and uh, well yeah uh, yes I so I, I I hear you and I, I I'm betting that your brain comes back and tries to work on the problem when you'd much rather be doing something else yeah and uh, relaxing I've learned now uh, the hard way uh, before my uh, brain surgery in October, I decided to take a pause in creativity more or less totally mm-hmm. because my brain was so overworked and I needed to focus on getting my ducks in a row to be able to handle uh, the, op- the operation, you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, because what I, I did, uh, it was a wake, a wake surgery where I was uh, pinned down in the cage for six hours and 50 minutes uh, when, the, when they were drilling holes in my brain and stuff like that. So you need to, sometimes you need to let your brain just 
calm down and find, because of course my brain was constantly working on fixing it anyway, but I knew I needed to relax and just focus on uh, the bigger picture, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, because as you know, I have been extremely pro- pro- prophilic in my uh, creativity. I mean, 390 articles on Medium during three years, 500 yes. say something uh, during a various uh, course of ship 40, uh, 110 uh, newsletters during three years. Uh, podcasts, uh, Twitter space, I had uh, one-to-one meetings with 80 different people during last year. Uh, and I wrote half uh, a crumb novel also last year. I didn't know about that. Huh? Yeah. In English. That's a crime novel. <laughs> okay. You're, you're making me look bad here. Uh, you, 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 well, I will say making me look bad. Let's just say I really, can, can you maybe just stop setting the bar so high. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It wasn't bad that way. I, I think I'm an inspiration for many. I was just going to say, you are, you're, you know, you're, I, I will say inspiration or perhaps uh, uh, contagion would be another word for it because, yeah. you know, you inspired this particular episode of this podcast and for me to do the, my own EDC yeah. as well. So, yeah. I mean, uh, for me, uh, starting to write and both released me from my, my pains or my, my, uh, panic attacks and so forth. Mm. Uh, and, uh, it also, uh, generated something else uh, that I could come back to writing music, you know, right. That is my heart and soul. Uh, and, uh, now I had, uh, an older piece, uh, well premiered uh, on the 15th October. October. Uh, I hope that Alessandra will perform uh, my Planet Concertino next year some, somewhere in the world. Awesome. The full piece. Uh, that is awesome. Yeah. And uh, I also have a curio for large eight-voiced choir that will be a uh, world performance next uh, November. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and I also have a commission for a larger choir piece in the pipe. So there's so many things that's happened very rapidly with my music also. So, yeah. Sounds, sounds like you do not need to find a new hobby yet. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I got the uh, acrylic uh, paint kit from on my birthday. I was just going to say, of course, that'll pop up. Yeah. I <laughs> I had I had a friend of mine uh, send me out of the blue a parallel pilot parallel pen, which is one of the things that they use for you just for like black letter calligraphy. Yeah, and this was a few years ago, and I like thought, oh, this is kind of weird. I didn't think much of it, and then I one day I started using it, and I just I'm like, oh, damn! Now I've got this entire huge chunk of stuff that I do, and I've been using it for years. I never ever in my life said, oh, hey, I want to be a calligrapher. Like that was never something I thought of. Huh. And now I'm like, boy, if I could just get a job where all I had to do was sit around and do calligraphy all the time, that would probably be very rise and restful for my mind. 
Yeah. So yeah, it always comes in at the wrong time. Yeah. For, for me, uh, it's been, uh, the last year has been uh, much about finding new ways to express myself. And uh, I thought that painting could be next step, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but besides that, I'm learning Japanese. It's, uh, I mean, it's I know. <laughs> and I'm also building an airplane out back of the tiny house, and I will get yeah. this license. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a rocket, of course. Yeah, of I, course. That's still me. Still me. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, I have learned very much about about creativity from my grandchildren here at Tiny House. They are eight and five years, five and a half years old. And every time I'm here, they always come over to my Tiny House and bring uh, crayons and uh, things like that. And uh, uh, we build things together and they have such a vivid imagination, you know, and uh-huh. I love to foster that uh, because it fosters me in my creativity when when they come and talk yeah. and they have a really good uh, we have a really good dialogue now yeah so it, yeah. it has been my experience also that that children age you but grandchildren mm. rejuvenate you yeah, yeah. that's right yeah. and uh, I mean I turned sixty four uh, yesterday actually. Happy birthday. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and I never imagined me at 64 to be it, that this kind of creative person, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. I, I have taken up again dancing uh, contact improv at 54, and I'm a decade younger than you. Uh, yeah. And I certainly, back when I started it in my late 30s or my late 20s, I would have never expected to still be doing it now. But um mm. You know, I say it's fun to be. Oh, I, I will, I will, I'm going to wrench us back to the EDC thing just to yep. say, have you talked to your grandchildren about having an EDC? Like instilled in them that, that valuable life lesson, like a grand, grandparents are supposed to. Well, my oldest grandchild has, uh, uh, she has allergies for, especially for peanut allergy. Mm-hmm. And she always had to have an EpiPen with her. So she has an EpiPen kit in a backpack that her mother has sold for her that she always brings with her, you know. Okay. So the step from uh, having an EEC is not far away there. Right. Right. Nice. Well, that's good. That's good. Backpack is much easier for a child to. have around, you know, a small bag can get lost in mm-hmm. translation, more or less. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can, it, when, when yours gets too heavy, you just make sure your grandchild carries your stuff too. I mean, that yeah. stronger bags, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Man, well, up for using, no, no, not, child labor is not, not legal in the U.S. No, at, this, not as at, either. at the time of recording, I should say. Um, yeah. So... Uh, well, as as people can probably tell, you and I could talk forever, but this is a po- podcast. So I'd like to keep about 45 minutes. I think we're right about that point. So, yeah. um, Andy, I will have uh, all of your contact information and links and things like that in our show notes. But is there anywhere particular you'd like to point people to right now? Well, they can find my articles on Medium at sporing.biz. And they can find me on Twitter at 
as Anders Sporing, not Anders Sporing. I have also Anders Sporing, mm-hmm. but Anders Sporing is my actual name, Swedish name. So uh, okay. Anders Sporing. And Sporing is with two R's in case people yeah. want S P O R R I N G. Yes, that's right. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast. I, I appreciate it. And uh, I I mean, I, it's not like I'm not going to see you in probably just a few minutes. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it is it has been a great pleasure to get to know you better. And I really, really appreciate you helping me uh, achieve my national podcast post month. Yeah. And uh, it's been a pleasure for me. And actually, when I was thinking to do it in Napa Pombo this year, I wanted to do interviews with uh, some some of the creatives he created work on. You were top of the list. Oh. So, uh, anytime. You, you name the every, place, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. We will do that also. So, <laughs> hey. yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the ADHD Open Space Podcast. Again, my name is Gray Miller. If you have any comments or questions about the show, you can feel free to leave them on the podcast page at adhdos.substack.com forward slash podcast. Or you can email me directly, gray, G-R-A-Y, at adhdopen.space. The background music for the intro and outro are from pixabay.com and are called Funny Days Together by Background Music Lab used under a YouTube content ID license.